Talk Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the two guys at a mic show. Beautiful Monday here in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog and the coach coming at you. Another semi-award-winning week of programming here on the two guys and a mic show with the emphasis on semi. We do the best we can. 888-463-6748 is the phone number. we got plenty to talk about in the weekend that was. We were kind of depressed on Friday talking about the first weekend in a long, long time. Probably six or seven months worth. With no football, how are we going to get through it? We were going through the blases. The Big Dog gave us some recommendations, but uh, we got through it just fine. There are plenty of sports out there. College basketball and golf right on the tip top of it. We got pitchers and catchers reporting in no time at all and a couple other events we'll be talking about both on sports page and off. It's the two guys at a mic show. It's TalkZone.com. Our producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass, Ola, David Olson. We'll play a little bit of music here and then uh, get this puppy started. Motivating music of the talkzone.com. Two guys in the music. Speaking of motivating music, of course, we lost one of the best ever over the weekend. One of our saddest obituaries of the day. Way, way too young. Whitney Houston passing away over the weekend. I listened to a little bit of, uh, you know, probably her two most famous ones. The uh, I Will Always Love You and then the National Anthem Super Bowl rendition. I just played it back this morning. I haven't heard it for a while. Wow. You know, some things don't stand the test of time. Sometimes, you know, they, they get overrated and, you know, people talk about it and they're better than they, the actual performance actually was. I went back and listened to that thing. It, not overrated at all. Wow. Coach, Un- I, I, unbelievable I, I, voice. Let's welcome in a man whose voice isn't quite that uh, lovely, but has the depth and persona of Whitney Houston, my good buddy, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Coach. I have to admit, when I heard Whitney Houston die the other night, you know, I was like, oh, that's too bad. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, CNN's doing, like, an hour special on her. And I was like, you know, she's got a great voice, but is it one of those things where somebody died and we're just going overboard, you know? And But I will admit that there was a woman who had a phenomenal voice, mm. and I understand the Grammys taking out many, well, during last night, that the Grammys having all this time to take out and talk about Wendy Houston. Mm-hmm. But was she that big of a, of a pop icon where CNN shuts down for an hour and starts, you know, does a special? I, I think, David, Ol- you're, you're big on statistics, Big Dog. David Olson's got a stat for you that I think answers your question. Okay. okay. You take every single single and album that Lady Gaga... Rihanna and Katy Perry have sold, okay? Okay. Put it all together. That does not equal the number of copies of the Bodyguard soundtrack that Whitney Houston sold. Okay, well, and, and you know what? That kind of makes me feel good because those three girls that you just spoke of, I think are the most overrated people on the planet, <laughs> and I'm glad to hear that. And trust me, if you would have asked me beforehand, I would have told you Whitney Houston was better than all three of those. So that makes me feel good about the situation. I so, didn't know she was... That big. That, That's cool. Huge. 
Okay. Huge. Okay. So yeah, you have to really put that thing into perspective. Plus the fact that she's inspired. She inspired every single female singer that came after her. It, not just singers. That's just singers. That's the point I wanted to get to, Big Dog, because you know we we tend to be jocks and lost in the sports world. Uh, I kind of you know developing a love for music uh, more as I get older, but that, she doesn't just inspire singers. I think her music. And not just her, but it's, it's a statement on, on great singers and great musicians. The power of music. You forget how inspiring, how powerful it can be. And listening to a couple of those songs by Whitney brought it back to me. The power of music, not just for other musicians. It can inspire the everyday yahoos like you and me, Big Dumb. You know, it's funny you say that because like, I was not ripping Whitney Houston whatsoever. I was just a little surprised. I didn't know she was as popular. I knew she was an incredible talent. My... Uh, best friend's dad, uh, uh, Salvatore Joseph Nuccio II, Mr. Nuccio, okay, obviously is not a huge Whitney Houston fan. She doesn't know anything about, he doesn't know anything about R&B, and he hears the song, Children Are Our Future. He goes out, buys the album, and has somebody write down the lyrics on a lithograph, and he mm-hmm. puts it up in his house when he heard that song. And I, rem- I would I wouldn't just remember that. It was just so weird that Mr. Nuccio was so, you know, he was such a good man. He heard a song by Whitney Houston. He doesn't like it all, but he likes the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, and puts those lyrics on a lithograph. That that song. So no, you're saying he got Lord. that uh, in his final days to inspire. No, no, no. This like this was like 20 years ago, like 15 oh, okay. years before he died. Okay, you're exactly right. She inspired people. He heard that song and was like, wow, and like went out and like you know like. And would read that like all the time. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's got to remember, I got to be really good to my kids, and I have to treat them like that. Really, really so good like, music yeah, and really, really good singers like that. They can dig inside the internal organs of you and, and just take a hunk out. You know, it can dig uh, deep. Uh, it's hard to describe, but they can get down to the depths, and that's the beauty of a great singer. Whitney Houston did that more than a few times. And then your text. I just love that story about Mr. Nuccio hearing that Whitney Houston song and then going out and creating a lithograph of the work. I yep. mean, that's phenomenal. And uh, If and I ever do that, by the way, in my dying days, it's going to be Sugar, Sugar by the Archies. Hey, well, I will make sure to remember that, Coach. Yes. Because uh, I'm sure everybody else will be too distraught. I'll remember. On, so, my, uh, on my deathbed, final a couple days, I want. hopefully I'll be passing away somewhere in mid-March. I want the March Madness games on the television. And then in a little scroll, you know, maybe they could rent one of those electronic scroll things. I want the words to Sugar, Sugar by the Archies just over and over again on a loop. Coach, Coach, don't worry about it. I'm not going to do it much grander. Uh, <laughs> after somebody does the eulogy, we'll probably get some after a real tear jerker. People will be distraught. <laughs> and I'll come up with the karaoke machine just drop it. Ah, uh, do the play. So we'll, I'll rock that place. I will karaoke at your funeral. And it, that place will be, that, it'll, it'll be transformed. It'll be a transcendent oh, moment. Coach. I, I won't be there to thank you, so I'm going to thank you in advance. I would appreciate <laughs> your doing that. And, and you leading it, I can't think of any better person to conduct the lead for that. And trust me, when I get to the high note, there really will be a lot of suffering <laughs> at that funeral. Oh, honey, honey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, we'll talk about the Grammy Awards a little bit, too. Lots of sports to talk about. going to be tough to get it in all in one hour. But just sticking on the theme we were talking about, you know how you go on YouTube and you, you play the one song, and then on the side it's got recommendations for another. Well, it's been uh-huh. a while... But I went back to the, uh, the not America's Got Talent, but um, Susan Boyle was on what show? I have no idea, Coach. With Simon Crowell. I 
Okay. It, it was it, it was it was the uh, British version of the X Factor, I believe. Yeah, whatever the heck it okay. was. Okay. The Susan Boyle performance. I hadn't so seen that's that. The best, that's the best story that of all those. I do know who she is, Coach. Oh so man, cool. I, but you know, again, talking about music and the moment, inspiring and hitting the depths. And, and I've seen that many times before. Haven't seen it for a while. Wow, what a cool moment. That is that. Yeah, that was. That, I remember you made me watch that, and I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, who uh, was the the female? You know, there was Piers Morgan who's doing a talk show now. Simon Crowell. Who was the the lady in the middle? I have no idea. The Susan Boyle, very attractive blonde hair. But boy, her reaction was the coolest of all. I mean, she just melted, absolutely melted there with a genuine. If she was faking it, if she was going actress there, she's one hell of an actress. But it was really really cool. What a great moment! <laughs> and, and I kind of related it to sports, big dog, because one of our lead stories. Over the weekend, and really over the last week, and it's one of those ones, you know, somewhere to Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl when America was at war, uh, you know, it just digs deep and gives you that great inspirational feeling. And it's the story of this kid, Jeremy Lin, who has come out of nowhere, and he's the talk of the town in sports. When I was watching Susan Boyle, it's like Susan Boyle was the Jeremy Lin of music, or Jeremy Lin is the Susan Boy. Their stories are extremely similar, even though their fields are completely different. It's the exact same situation, no? If you don't like the Jeremy Lin story, you're just a jerk. I can't, I can't describe it any more than that. You are an angry, bitter person if you do not like the Jeremy <laughs> Lin story. It's phenomenal. That all, all the, if you heard the guy speak, Coach? Yeah, I, I did, this, finally. This, this, this is not the fake Tim Tebow oh, I've got to give credit to my teammates and God, and then smirk afterwards. Okay, this guy, like, legitimately is like, I don't know why I'm getting so much credit. They don't know me yet. They haven't game plan. You know, I mean, the guy's like, he's beyond perfect so far in his, I know he turns the ball over way too much for point guard, but other than that, he's like the perfect player for New York right now in their circumstances. And considering how much, I dislike Carmelo Anthony's style of basketball. He's a good person, nice good dude, but I I, I, would, I hate his ball stopping, shoot a fadeaway jumper style. Mm-hmm. That uh, I am rooting so hard for this kid just to go out there and keep on continuing to get his teammates involved in the game. And do you ever notice when he's on the court, the ball never stops from New York; it just keeps yep. flying all around the court mm-hmm. in different directions. Wonder why they're winning, coach. Yeah, teammates so. are picking up on it. You know, we left Friday's show, and I think talking about, you know, Jeremy Lin had played three great games, but they were about to play on the big stage against the Lakers. And again, I'm going to go back. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the Susan Boyle uh, video. Big Dog, you remember, listeners, you remember, David Olson, you remember, they showed a few pictures of the crowd while she was talking beforehand. And this, yeah, they were like, this, yeah, look at this girl. Yeah, the Snickers and kind of the, and a few people, I'm sure, had that thought of Jeremy Lin. Okay, big boy, here you go. Let's see what you can do on the big stage against the Lakers. So what does he do? 38 points. I didn't see the game, big dog. I read the paper the next day. Are you kidding me? 38 points, like 13 assists. Unbelievable performance. He follows it up Sunday. Not quite as good, but the bottom line, they've won five straight with the kid. But uh, on the big stage Friday night, he was, I don't know if you watched it or not, but I'm assuming with 38 and 13, he was phenomenal. Can I can I just pretty much just throw this down that the reason why I brought up you got to be a bitter and angry person is I'm sitting here watching this game with with a bunch of people, okay? And oh, he just said all he did was hit an open jump shot. What's the big deal? I was like, <laughs> okay, well he had a guy guarding him. He dribbled in a way, stepped and pump faked, ran the guy that was guarding him into the center who fell down, and then he takes a wide open jump shot. 
that he, he ran. You know what I'm saying? All he did was hit his open jump shot. No, what he did was he dribbled his man directly into somebody, and then the guy fell down. And when he was wide open, he's like, oh, "Okay, I'll shoot the jumper now and hit it." It's, it's that's what I'm saying. I just was cracking up. There's ten people in my room, and one person sitting there with their bottom lip pouting out, "Like, this is the best good Asian guy. I can't be that good at basketball." I'm not kidding. It was, it was to me the most entertaining part of the whole freaking weekend was my buddy trying to tell me Jeremy Lin was no good. And I, and I was like, maybe he is. But I, I, I told the guy that was, he said it one more time. I was going to go home and kick his dog. <laughs> Everybody in the whole freaking my, my house erupted in laughter. Oh, by the way, dogs are the topic for today too. A little bit later is the Westminster uh, Kennel Club. I think David Olson has some scintillating highlights, radio uh, verbal highlights from last year's Westminster Kennel Club. Uh, championship, whatever the hell you call it, they're going on today and tomorrow. So we're going to talk a little dog a little bit later, too. Now, I thought I thought after the football season, when everybody was over at your house, you had talked about, finally, things are going to get back to a nice calm. It's going to be you and Lily the Lilac, none of the bystanders, but here Friday night for a Laker-Nick game, you got 10 people over at the house? What's going well, on? I, I, I exaggerated. There was probably about 15 people that came over throughout the day, but at that moment, there was only about four of us in, in okay. downstairs. But that, like that was, I couldn't believe I had said I was going to go home and kick his dog, and that was. Uh, <laughs> but without question, that, that, I think it just pretty much summed up the guy that he was acting way too bitter mm-hmm. during the whole thing. But yeah, Friday night ended up being uh, it was uh, Grand Central Station in the house again. Right, but now, got the, I now, got the rest of the weekend along with Lily Lilac. Though. Oh God bless! I want to oh, get to that you. too. I'm not sure what we're going to dig into deeper. You and Lily the Lilac uh, for the entire weekend alone, or the Westminster Kennel Club. That's a tough choice, quite frankly. If I'd have known the Westminster Kennel Club was going on, <laughs> that's what we would have been watching. I mean, the girls are she's a, she's like a a dog magnet. Well, it, it starts today, I think. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. okay, good. Now there were some scintillating previews and you know highlights from days gone by, or I should say, dogs gone by from the previous weekend. But finishing out here before we leave, my guy Jeremy Lin, it's just a tremendous, tremendous story. Here's the one point five million dollar question. And I'll throw this out to a producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Not exactly a basketball aficionado, but in Big Dog, Amari Stoudemire comes back. And or Carmelo Anthony comes back. It's the old story, the star quarterback getting injured. The backup comes in, your team plays phenomenal, you're winning three in a row. You're the coach. What do you do? Star well, players I, I, ready to come back. Well, I, well without question, you got to put your – but you take somebody else out of the lineup. You – because Jeremy Lin's given you something that nobody else, uh, uh, the other 11 players on your roster can give you, which is a handle and intelligent uh, dis- distribution of the basketball. So no matter what you do, you've got to keep him in your lineup. Because Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo Anthony play different positions. They play a three and a four, while that guy's a one. So that should, so somebody else is losing their playing time, Coach. Not See Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin has been getting 40 well, minutes a game, and he should be getting about 30 two minutes a game, and he'll be really good at that point. See, I'm going to take you a step further, because you were just assuming Carmelo and Amare get back in the lineup. Now, I should preface it for the fans that you know don't follow NBA as much, but I'm sure are caught up in the whole Jeremy Lin story, or some of them anyways, that the New York Knicks, with their two superstars, were losing. When they the were 8-15. Superst- huh? They were 8-15. and 15. Yeah. The day that Jeremy Lin got made, not that he started, but the day that he played like 35 minutes in his first game. Since so, he's been playing 30-plus minutes a game. They so now, now, now they're 5-0. and oh. Yeah, they've won so the last now, five. So. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'll take you a step further, Big Duff. I'm the coach. 
And this is easy uh-huh. to say right now, you know, sitting behind the microphone. I'm obviously not, you know, looking at uh, or talking to Carmelo Anthony, Amari Stoudemire, and their people, probably very large people surrounding them. But I, you know what? I tell them, hey, you guys are coming back. We're going to play you with Jeremy Lin. You guys are still the franchises, et cetera, et cetera. Jeremy's going to feed, feed you the ball. We're going to be better for it. But we won five in a row. You're sitting until we lose a game. We're going to keep the hot streak going. Why, why break up the chemistry of a win streak? I, I, I'm, I'm saying this straight up, and I mean this, and I said it the other day when you asked me, and, and, and I'm serious. When Amari Stoudemire is ready to come back, I don't know about seamless because there's got to be a little bit of getting used to, but Amari Stoudemire and Jeremy Lin will work perfectly together, Coach, because Amari Stoudemire works without the basketball. He moves to get open. He'll set a pick for Jeremy Lin, and then as soon as the guy goes to Jeremy Lin, he'll hit the whole pot. He, Jeremy Lin and Amari Stoudemire are going to be like the golden children together. Yeah. It's Carmelo Anthony that's going to screw the whole thing up for everybody. Okay. As soon as they say, oh, yo, yo, hold up, Jeremy Lin. Everybody let, no, I need to get my 20. Hold up. You know, and then he catches the ball and clears out. and mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's, when, that's when the New York Knicks. And you're exactly right, Coach. They, Mike D'Antonio has got to be like, hey, all right, guys, there's a reason why we're winning now and we're losing when you were playing. So you have a couple options. If you want to get back on the court, you better play trying to score more points than the other team, not try to score more points than the guy who's guarding you. How about that? That's more of a – And I think it's a little, right, little bit of a, of a shot at Mike D'Antonio, too. And let me throw out the phone number here, folks. Uh, caught up a little bit in the Vinsanity – Lynn Sanity, I should say – Lynn Sanity is old hat. Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn story, 888-463-6748. We're going to get to the uh, Grammy Awards a little bit later, the Westminster Kennel Club. we got a lot of golf to talk about, too. Definitely want to hit on golf. 888-463-6748, the phone number. But, uh, Big Dog, you know, you're talking about five wins in a row with this kid, Jeremy Lynn. You know, do you, do, why not just sit the guys on the bench and say, hey, and I completely agree with your analysis on the pick and roll with Amari, by the way. I do not disagree with that. I'm just saying, as long as we keep winning, we're going to keep doing, you know, if we win six in a row, Amari and Carmelo, you sit another game. As soon as we lose, then we make the change. Didn't Amari play the first game or two but before his brother died during the, the start of the Jeremy Lin stuff? Because I don't think he's been out all five okay. games. That would, that would change. If that's true, that would change things. And by the oh, way, let me be the first to admit, I'm, I'm the first to admit, prior to 10 days ago, never, ever heard of Jeremy Lin. Yeah, I, I, neither did I, Coach. I'm not going to act. I, I, I'm a sports expert. Didn't know who Jeremy Lin was. Okay, so he wasn't even the best player on his college basketball team last season. Some other guy won the, the, the Ivy League Player of the Year award. So Jeremy Lin, he wasn't even the Ivy League Player of the Year last yeah. year. And that gets back to my point. It's a shot at Mike D'Antonio, and it's a shot, and I mentioned Reggie Hearn and Northwestern, the walk-on, who is starring and leading for Northwestern right now. It's a shot at Bill Carmody, too, to these coaches who are looking all good now with you know with their surprise players. Well, you know what? Why, why didn't you know these guys could play earlier? Last year, uh-huh. Northwestern could, could have made a run at the NCAA tournament. We're one guy short. We don't quite have the death. Boy, if we had one more score. Well, you knucklehead, you had the score. He was a walk-on. And because he was a walk-on, you'd had a certain impression of the person. And you didn't mm-hmm. give him his opportunity. He was right there for you. You can't tell me Reggie Hearn improved. I'm using this as an example here. Reggie Hearn improved that much in a year. He probably could have got us in the damn tournament last year. Same thing with Jeremy Lin. Now, what team was he on before? 
Uh, Jeremy Lin has been on two teams, and he played a total of 44 minutes last year with Golden State, who released him before this year. Who the reason why Golden State picked him up is because they had nine guys on their roster, and they had to get somebody for practice because Houston picked him up because Houston decided to cut them to make room for Carl Rove, former Republican uh, <laughs> strategist. <laughs> who could I shoot mean, well uh, from the outside, by the way. <laughs> well, it's, you know, but you're exactly right. It's all about the fact, oh, this is an Asian kid. Forget the fact he's dominating people. Oh, no, no, there's no way. We've never seen an Asian kid do that, so he yeah. can't possibly do it. Trust me, I, when I was 21, I was definitely not as big as Matt's face. But I'll guarantee you one thing. I could block just as well as him. But, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a kid. He's, he's only 6'1", 230 pounds. Matt's face is 6'6", 280. He obviously must block better. Mm-hmm. So I understand, Coach. Trust me. All right. Right. I'm, 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 I'm rekindling the anger I have because I was too small, supposedly. Uh, rekin- so. Rekindle away. It makes for good radio, my friend. Uh, yeah. uh, real quick, let's touch as long as we're on the NBA before we move on to other subjectos. The Chicago Bulls got some injury situations, particularly with their superstar. Celtics knock them off yesterday, 95 to 91. But uh, you've had back spasms before, Big Dog. Your, your level of concern with superstar Derrick Rose. Uh, it, the the level of concern is either like oh okay he he'll be fine in like two days if he's never had him before and it's just one of those things that his body isn't used to playing the extra two games a month this year when he had two weeks of practice going into the year okay so or I'm completely extremely totally concerned you, the backs are crazy coach they can sometimes never go away but I'm sure the trainers there are taking really good care of him. But from what I understand, where the spasm are in his back, maybe it could be dehydration and stuff like that. That might sound crazy, Coach. But I'm not too worried about it. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be all right. He's got those spasms in the middle of his back, not like down low where all the connections to your hip are at, Mm -hmm. to your hips and your spinal cord, to your pelvic bone. So it's just like muscular, and he's going to be all right. I I feel really good that if they do this properly, They'll be okay. And this year is just, it's watching the NBA and rooting for your team is completely different. Like in years past, well, who all day is it playing? What Derrick Rose only has a sore toe when he's not playing? I don't care. Any of these guys are banged up at all. Put your butt on the bench if you're a Chicago Bull and get healthy because I don't think they're going to have, shouldn't say not have trouble coach, but they're a really good shot at having the best record in the East, even though they're only a game and a half above the Heat right now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with that? There's no reason to beat these guys into the ground at all. I completely agree with you with one exception, and that would be a week, a week from today because I got tickets to the game. <laughs> okay, okay. So now, from a selfish standpoint, yeah, rest the players, you know, do not. But, you know, next Monday, Tom Thibodeau, if you're listening, possibly a Stacey King out there, assistant coach Ron Adams, whoever it might be. If you're listening, next Monday, my one time I will be appearing in a Bulls game, uh, put them all in. Who are they running against next Monday? Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Zava, Pachilia, and the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, that's a decent game. That's, uh, Atlanta's got the fourth best team in in the East, and they'll yep. be battling with Indiana. So yep. I only thought there were four good teams in the East this year. There's five. Atlanta is they're, they're, Atlanta's pretty good, Coach. Yeah, let, let us not forget their play. point guard who really played well against the Bull in the playoff, Jeff Teague. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, that guy played phenomenal against the Bulls last year. Uh, but don't kid. forget him and Jeff Teague and Derrick Rose have been rivals yep. all the way since high school, mm-hmm. and that's that, even though that's why Jeff Teague is nowhere near as good as Derrick Rose. But sometimes mm-hmm. there's certain matchups that just don't make sense, and Jeff Teague 
matches up well with Derrick Rose. But two comments on the injury things, and, and I've made them before one, and I'll, you know, hop it on board to what I just said, so obviously in jest, but I do feel bad. It doesn't mean Derrick Rose should play or Luol Deng should play, but uh, I do feel bad for the, uh, you know, the dad out there taking his kids, taking his family to the one game per year, maybe on the road when the Bulls are traveling. And they purposely get the Bulls tickets. That's their one game they're going to go to, and Derrick Rose doesn't play. I do feel bad about that, not that mm-hmm. anything's going to change. And two, I predicted, or not, I didn't predict, I worried a couple of years ago, and I think I mentioned it a few times last year, that as explosive as Derrick Rose is, Big Dog, that if he had an injury, it could be one of those just blowout babies. I mean, you know... The human body is not supposed to move like Derrick Rose. And I worried that, boy, he would land one time and just rip everything end of career on the spot. But uh, this is different. This looks like a progressive thing. And especially in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Let's let's face it. If it's game seven, uh, the Heat versus the Bulls, and Shane Battier is about to block a shot on Derrick Rose, he isn't going to care about anything but making sure the ball doesn't go in the hoop and Derrick Rose can go for a flip. Now, Kyle Korver's going to the hole. He's not going to follow him that hard. Derrick Rose is going to be a marked man forever. And considering that his game is, hey, I got the ball and I can go to to the hole at will on you whenever I want to, and that's what opens everything else up for him. And whenever he does go to the hole, coach, it's it's going to be like, with Dan Marino's running, you know, people are going to, going to try to kill him. You know, so it's it's just the way you're, you're right. He's not only is he a marked man, you're decorated. He's going so fast and he's so high, it makes the impact so much greater when he finally lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he jumps up and he lands on someone's foot, which could happen. You know, and then oh, yeah. boom, there goes the ankle or there goes the knee. And with that kind of height and explosiveness, it could be a serious one. Obviously, that doesn't. I hope that doesn't happen, but that has been a concern. But the back problem, the foot, the toe problems, he's been having something completely different. At any rate, a little NBA talk here. 888-463-6748. A lot else going on over the weekend, Big Dog, which we got to touch on. Uh, let's go out real quick out to Pebble Beach, California, one of the most gorgeous golf courses we've ever seen. I envy the golfers all weekend long. It was great uh, drama. Throughout the four days, the AT&T Pebble Beach Championships, Charlie Wheat. In the lead, and then on the final day, on the first hole, he four-putted, huh? I didn't see that. I did not, I did not see that either. I was uh, busy watching Illinois versus uh, Michigan. Yeah, hopefully we'll have time to get to college basketball, too. But the guy leading, and he I think he led for the day two and day three, first hole. First hole on championship. Everybody's talking about, can Charlie Wee hang on? Can he hang on? Four putts. Four putts. Off to a bad start, and Charlie Wee, I don't think he completely imploded but he couldn't hang out of the lead phil mickelson brings it home and tiger woods did implode your thoughts on tiger and can he get over the top well how did he implode i had no idea he did shot a 75 was it like a like a bad 70 well i guess 75 is always bad but you know you can have like just one horrific hole and then he just caved in from there but it was just a bunch of bad shots and a bad day yeah it was it was more gradual more and he was playing with phil by the way Oh, that's even worse. Yes. So while, 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 uh, you know, uh, THO is out there winning championships, you gotta suffer to the fact that you're nowhere near the man you used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the feeling that you are not, uh, embracing yet the PGA golf tournament 
your 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 golf love has not hit just yet in the middle here of February. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not knocking golf at all. I, mean, I had no idea that I, I could care less. Now he's playing the pro am, so I, I thought that your score was included with the amateur that you're with, and it was kind of like a joke. No tournament, but it's not a joke tournament. No, no, this is for I think day one. They do play with a, a pro, but after that, it, no, no, this is an official uh, big-time event, the AT&T at Pebble Beach. I'm looking at Charlie Wee. He finished in second place, three strokes back. I think there was a point on the 12th hole, Big Doug, when Tiger birdied. When Tiger birdied, Mickelson had a 30-foot putt just to par it. So if Mickelson bogeys, the lead comes back to about three strokes, and all of a sudden Tiger could be on the way, and Phil Mickelson drains the 30-foot putt, and that sucked all the energy out of a Tiger Woods, and from there on he didn't implode, but he kind of faded away. Okay, well, uh, you know, I kind of want Tiger to get back in it because I, I never really liked the guy, and this whole everybody now hating him just because mm-hmm. uh found out he was, you know, some infidelity with his, with his ex, you know? Yeah. Can happen to yeah, anybody. It's, 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 now, when everybody started hating it was when I finally, and then you know what, I realized that if he's not really easy to like. There's a reason why I never really liked him in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I, I've gone through like this weird tidal wave of emotions with uh, with Tiger Woods, and right now I'm at the point of indifference. But I think from a sports standpoint, it is kind of fascinating. Uh, you know, the, Again, we like the emotion, the drama of sports. I don't think there's any question that, yes, he is back. No question about it. He's been in top ten at a bunch of tournaments now. The, the big question is going to be the once-dominant golfer, still pretty young. He's back, but can he get over the top and win a tournament? Right now he is Mark Thornton. He wants to become Sergio Santos. Can he close the deal? That's going to be the drama, I think, of uh, one of the dramas, anyways, of the 2012 PGA season. Well, Sergio Thornton was traded and is no longer a closer, so that's probably that won't bode well for Tiger Woods. What? They're not going to make Sergio Santos a closer, Coach. This is you. You didn't the the, the White Sox motto for 2012 is if they got talent, we're getting rid of them. That's their <laughs> motto this year. No, I know. They've they got rid of everybody, it's Sergio Santos included. I understand that, but but you, uh, I thought you were saying that the team Sergio Santos got traded to are not going to use him as a closer. I thought he was pretty good. Where, yeah, whoever they traded him to, he will not be the closer. I forgot where they traded him to, but he won't be. I am shocked. Actually, I'm not shocked. I'm mildly amused. <laughs> or somewhere in between. Okay, well, so getting back to Tiger, just, just the, with the question I'm asking you for, you say he's back. So are you talking mentally he's back, or do you think he's physically good enough that he could win? What do you mean by back? No, I think, well, both. I think mentally and physically, he, you remember, he was just terrible for a while. Where he's back. Oh, yeah, it was, it was more mental than physical. I yes. swear, he could say, oh, yeah, my knee hurt, whatever. I don't care how bad your knee hurts, you know. If you hit a ball into the woods and then you throw your your golf club, that's more of your brain than your knee. Yeah, but remember he had been readjusting his stroke. You know, he fired his golf his um, his longtime personal instructor. He's working with another guy, so I think there were some physical things too. But the fact that he's you know fairly regularly now in the hunt indicates that at least he's he's over that period of time when he was just terrible. Well, well, see, that's why I'm, that's why I don't know if he's phys- I mean, his uh, mentally into it yet because before he was just so much better than anybody he got into the hunt and he was just going to grab the bull by the horns and make every single shot possible and now it's like yeah he gets close but he doesn't have like the 
I don't know. He's right. He's been close on a lot of tournaments the last year. So you know, it's funny. It's right when he wins one, then all of a sudden he's back and he's he's got some mental fortitude again. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's exactly what will happen. If he wins the Masters, which could possibly happen, then all of a sudden he's, people will start calling him the greatest golfer of all time again, and he'll still be five major short, Jack. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Anyhow, the PGA uh, golf. Heats up a little bit with this past weekend, Phil Mickelson winning the tournament. We'll talk a little bit more as it goes on. Some major tournaments coming up in the not-too-distant future. Big Dog and the coach talk a little sports and more here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Beautiful Monday. Hope everybody out there had a outstanding weekend, safe, happy, and all that good stuff. we got Valentine's Day coming tomorrow, and we're not going to have time today, Big Dog. But tomorrow, as promised to our listeners, and they depend on you, Big Dog, they depend on you. You will have some do's and don'ts tomorrow for Valentine's Day. And, again, you tend to emphasize the do's on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're with a person uh, that you're spending Valentine's with and you got to worry a lot about the don'ts, that's probably someone that yes. you don't want to be with. Yeah. But yeah, on the other like... hand, there, I'm sure you'll have a couple of don'ts because it's not just free willy day. Oh, no, 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 no. It's got to be, Coach. <laughs> This, isn't that the whole goat? Isn't that the whole? Isn't that the whole? Well, like, again, the whole day is the free willy. Even no. for the person that is going on the date with you, the, the whole thing is the free willy for, for no. that person too. No, I have to. Uh, I have to hold serve for the uh, semi-respectable folks out there. No, that's not the whole purpose of Valentine's Day. Please throw a, throw a few don'ts in. It can't be all do's, or this thing will get out of control. Well, I, I guess yeah. There's got to be a couple don'ts. Yes. Obviously, there are some don'ts. Yes. It, it also depends on the level of the relationship that you're in. <laughs> we and might even... Like we said, and, and it isn't just do's and... Okay, now see, there's, these are going to be do's and don'ts for people that are in a relationship. And don't forget, for the people that aren't in a yes. relationship, you're the ones that need the most advice That's... on Valentine's Day. And I'm going to have it for you. That's... And trust me, depending on where you're at in the country, you'll get this most likely before noon, okay? <laughs> Unless you're in uh, Newfoundland, okay? Yeah. So... yeah. The people, the that, the people is, that listen to our show on archives are going to regret it for Valentine's Day. That's a, well, that's the show you want to listen to live. So you got the advice right there up front for you. This is a leap year this year, so they'll have they'll wait 365 days and they'll, they'll be able to use the weaponry that yes. I'll be giving people to go out to yep. on Valentine's Day. Yep. By the way, assistant producer Randy Myers has sold me a couple of boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Big Dog just picked them up today. You you don't know Randy as well as I do, but your best judgment should I taste test him first, or uh, you think that everything's safe, or should? Not, maybe I quite should... frankly, quite frankly, I would assume all of those are bad. I will be in studio really sometime this week, and I will taste mm. test all of them for you, especially if there's a Samoan in there. Nah. Oh, there is. Oh, I'm with Samoans. you on that. I I did get the Samoans. I don't know what it is. Something about you, you put a little chocolate and coconut yes. together, and the yes. right blend is delicious. You Awfully put two, good. The right blend, disgusting. The right blend of coconut and chocolate is phenomenal. Awfully Nick. good. Well, I'm going to chop one of those up. I'm going to use, uh, you know, like they do for the research and investigation, the little, um, you know, break them down into, like, dust-like material, and then I'm going to uh-huh. send it to a lab. What day are you come in, and hopefully we'll have it inspected by the day you come in. Uh, I, well, I'm definitely going to be in Chicago tomorrow night, so I would assume 
Wednesday, I will definitely be at the Beautiful. Uh, in the station. All definitely right. on Wednesday, because we'll, I'm definitely going to be there on, on Tuesday night. So. We'll make sure the cookies are being tested, and we'll probably do our drug testing that day to, uh, also. So uh, try to bring a cup if you could. You know, speaking about this, it'll take me a second. Speaking just about foods and all that stuff, have you ever heard of a show called Good Eat? Good who? Good Eat. No. Now, it's on the Food Network, Coach, and I hate cooking shows. Absolutely hate these things. Well, I'm also big on, like, the way you eat and what you put in your body results and how much energy you have, how much, how many things you can remember, how happy fish, you are. Fish oil and omega-3 is very important. Yeah, all, all that kind of, all that stuff. There's a guy by the name of Alden Brown, and on Sunday night on the Food Channel, he does a show called Good Eat. You have to watch it. You of all people, Coach, especially because uh, even though you're a pretty healthy guy, you have uh, you have health problems that have been brought on by hereditary stuff and not because you sit <laughs> on the couch and eat potato chips. and You know what I'm saying? Yes. You don't have type 2 diabetes. But you need to watch this show. You would love it. All the how many delicious foods and the way they cook. I am not kidding you. Every time I watch this show, it like reinforces everything I tell my uh, like my roommates and stuff. I so used to... I used an Alton Brown recipe last night to cook brown rice. I love that guy. He's phenomenal, isn't he? He's coaching. The best thing about the show, you know how they can do the cooking show. We're going to put this over. What he does, oh, we're going to talk about chocolate today. And he tells the history of chocolate. And it starts like back, you know, 5,000 years ago. It's The guy's freaking hysterical. And he uh, is just with a, a very, very unique show. So if there's two TV shows that you need to watch, it's the Alton Brown Goodies and Dan Levitard, Highly Questionable. Questionable. You gotta watch that show one day, Coach. Just I, think, I think flipping around the channels after, like late afternoon or, or like three o'clock time, somewhere around there for Dan Lebeturn. Yeah, it's three yeah. thirty. They moved it again. Was, he was on with an old guy. Is the old guy a regular? The old guy is his dad. Yes. Okay. The dad is freaking hysterical. When you first watch it, you don't realize you're watching television, so it's kind of hard to laugh because you're like, "What the heck is going on? Why is there an old man saying a bunch of crazy stuff?" Yeah. And if if you sit back and you watch it, especially if you're with your buddies on a on a lazy Friday afternoon, and they bring over some Miller highlights, funniest show on television. Got to check that out. Got to check okay. that out. David Olson, by the way, keep the recipe or uh, make a note. Talk to me afterwards because I'm a huge fan of the brown rice. So any brown rice recipe, I'd be happy to uh, mark down for that. Well, what you do is you bake it. You well, don't I boil it. You bake it. I likes it. You see, you take, any ingredients in there or? No, just just uh, water and butter. You put the brown rice no, in. No butter. You have to have the butter to give it a little bit of flavor. No not a lot. Not a lot. So no you take butter. a cup and a half of brown rice. You take uh, two and a half cups of boiling water. You, you, put a, you put a tablespoon of butter in there. Uh-huh. Let it boil. Pour it over the rice. Cover it with tinfoil. Bake it in an hour. It's like the most perfect rice you'll ever have. Awfully good. Yeah. Awfully good, big dog. I may have to check that show out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that too because I don't. I'm not a big rice guy. I'm not a, I'm not a big rice, which is which is bad for me because I get a lot of dirty looks mm-hmm. from uh, Lily's family. <laughs> so, so you ate two and a half pounds of meat. Yeah. You ate no rice. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. bad. In, in the relationship you're in, you better learn to like rice of uh, all yeah, kinds. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. S- speaking of that, uh, it sounds like you had a little uh, time without all the. Uh, People over at the house with all, all the confusion, you and Lily the Lilac enjoying some quiet time together. Is Things are still going good, I'm assuming? No, oh, things are going uh, extremely well. So I'm actually excited for the first time for Valentine's Day. Instead of like going into Valentine's Day like, man, I hope I hope she's happy with it, doesn't get angry at the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? That was like, man, <laughs> it's like 
I just can't wait to do anything with this girl. We're going to have a good time no matter what we do. So it's, it's uh, the Valentine's Day is going to be good this year, Coach. And I have no idea. We have no idea what our plans are yet. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out, though, on uh, by uh, Tuesday night. Nice, right, beautiful. Beautiful. The big dog singing a song, folks. Uh, very, very nice. We love to hear it. And, uh, again, don't forget to tune in tomorrow for the do's and don'ts of Valentine's Day. And it's important to remember big dog's do's and don'ts can help those in a relationship, but most geared for the person not set with a Valentine's date. This will uh, help you out a little bit and make it maybe a better Valentine's than you thought it could be. Yeah, and, and I have to admit, uh, now that I'm off the market, I think I will have a little bit more genuine uh Yes. Good statements for, to help the guys out there in order to maybe because before I used to it was kind of like false stuff that I'd throw out there just to help me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I figured the type of guy that would be listening to this show, taking advice from me, would be trying to hit on the same <laughs> exact girl that I would be going after. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so now hey, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm off the market, so I will give good advice out there. <laughs> so you're telling me in previous years you were actually not divulging all of your key secrets. Because you were worried that some of the listeners might be stealing them and then possibly hinder your performance, shall we say, uh, in the social and dating situation. That's that quite a, that's, that's a bit of a selfish attitude, i got to say. That and also the fact that if somebody listens to the program, like, oh, I met somebody, they liked it, and then they'd archive it and be, hey, that's exactly how I met you. And then they'd be disgusted by it. Okay. I said that. There you go. See, Coach, I've, I've thought about it a lot. This is going to be good tomorrow, I'm saying. <laughs> okay, we'll stick around for that. 888-463-6748. The phone number here, Big Dog and the Coach, spanning the globe, touching on all topics here. We do want to get to the uh, Grammys for sure, but we did mention Big Dog. We do it every year, almost like the Tour de France, which we always advertise at our show, probably more than any sports show, covers the Tour de France. What, what's our expression? Uh, oh, yes, stage to stage, stage coverage. Of the Tour de France, we can't promise stage-to-stage coverage, but we cover the Westminster Kennel Club Championships like no other uh, sports show around. The Big Dog Show going on at the Madison Square Garden today and tomorrow. Big Dog, last year the winner was what? Um, what the hell kind of dog was it? Box Terrier? It was, something like that? Uh, I forget what it was, Coach. It was a, it was a tiny dog, though, that one, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I hate those tiny dogs. You know that. I don't think it was. Last year, actually, I think it was a medium, medium-sized medium one. But at any rate, uh, do you have any expectations this year? Is Madison Square Garden sold out again. There's a lot of dog show fans out there. Uh, I, you know what? Uh, Madison Square Garden is uh, it's just that's a place that's unbelievable. They're holding uh, basketball games with Kobe Bryant versus uh, Jeremy Lin one night, and mm-hmm. then uh, – Unless uh, Alex Ovechkin is skating on the ice the next night, and then the next night after that they're having the largest or the most uh, influential dog show in the world. I mean, it's a pretty cool place. Let's throw, <laughs> throw some kudos out to the uh, maintenance workers of the Madison Square Garden, obviously working overtime, those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the clean the cleanup crew for that event, by the way, uh, probably, let's just say I hope they get a little overtime pay. David, you got uh, last year's winner? Yeah, it was a Scottish deer hound. A Scottish deer hound. Yep. That does not sound familiar. Interesting. I've never heard of that breed either. I've never heard of that breed either. But Interesting. One of our emailers just emailed in and said he thought, thinks he shot one once on a hunting trip. Not sure if he's being serious or kind of crude. There's Scottish deer hound. All right. Well, and I, and I, you know, I watched the thing and the highlights of it. And, well, of course, there was a movie that spoofed the dog show people, which was called Best of Show. Best, Best in Show, yeah. which... 
is one of the it's one of the best mockumentaries ever yes. made. You, well, you, it's a fake documentary. Oh my goodness, is that a great movie? I had never watched it. You told me about it, and it, it, as good as advertised, absolutely hilarious. Anything Fred Willard in it is, by the way, I'm a big fan of. But and and Fred Willard, just to let you know, he plays the color analyst <laughs> of the guy and on on TV of the dog show. So there's only he only, that, that's that is any character in the movie. It's just him as like, oh, this is he great at that too. So. That's arguably one of the top twenty funniest scenes in movies. I would have to say so. And anybody who likes dogs at all <laughs> yeah. has to watch the movie. It's a must. It's like a must own. And if you just like hilarious stuff, it's one of those cult classic movies that you have to see. And those same people. I'm trying to think of the name of what's the name of the of the of the main guy. I know you know Dave Olson. Uh, the the main guy and Christopher Guest. Yeah, Guess, Chris- those are all Christopher. Christopher Guest movies. A Mighty Wind is phenomenal. If anybody has seen uh, Spinal Tap, is the best of all their movies. Is Spinal Tap? They have not, everything else is below that, but even the ones below that are phenomenal. Coach, have you seen Spinal Tap? Please tell me you have. I have not. You haven't seen that. That movie's that's, thirty-one years old. That's a mockumentary. Yeah, that, music, that, that, that was that was his first. That was the first. Well, what's it a mockumentary about? It's music? about it's about a rock band that. I, a 70s rock band that comes back and they put out a new album and it tanks and they're out on tour and they go from like big arenas to play in amusement parks and it's just like the the mm-hmm. the, the world comes crashing down around comedy? this band. Yeah, it's, oh, of course it's a comedy. So you think I'd like oh, it? You'd, you'd love it. Okay. You'd love it. And it's got it, it's the same. It's basically the same people he's got in every single movie. It's uh, okay. Michael McKeon and Harry Shearer. Oh, Harry Scherer is great. <laughs> he's the real deep voice guy, right, Dave Olsen? Yeah, he's the deep voice guy. Does all the stuff okay. on The Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, out of all the mockumentaries, I, Waiting for Guffman is my favorite. No, Waiting for Guffman is great, Coach. It's basically a a theater troupe waiting for a Broadway critic to come and watch their play, like in the middle, of, like Oklahoma or wherever the heck they are in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it's a Broadway no. scout. They get, they get it under their mind that like a Broadway scout is going to take their play and bring it to Broadway. <laughs> so it's basically making fun of the theater people. Yeah, yeah, and Christopher Guest, he's the theater director, and his name is Corky St. Clair. <laughs> and he's just this, this flamboyantly gay man, and it's, it, it, it's hysterical. <laughs> Corky St. Clair. Corky St. Clair. Yeah, so Surprisingly, Big Dog, Corky, Corky St. Clair was the name of the uh, best in show winning dog last year also. Was it really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you like Greyhound. best in show, right? You like best in show. That was hilarious. Okay, well, the best in show, the next movie you need to watch is Spinal Tap, and then after that, choose whichever ones that you watch after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, every single one that Dave just sent you is, I will put in the top 20 funniest movies of all time. I put all five of them in the top 20 funniest wow. movies I've ever seen. All right. Got to check that out. By the way, you said people who love dogs would enjoy watching it. I would put a caveat on there and say, love dogs and have a bit of a sense of humor. Because there's a lot of dog lovers that, might not have that sense of humor, love their dogs a little bit too much, and might find that movie offensive. So you got to have a little. No, 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 not at all. Not at all, because if you love your dog that much, you're going to know that you might be one of the characters that are being portrayed in the movie. Yeah, that's why I said sense of humor. You would know, like, ten other characters just like that, and you would have to laugh. Uh, the, the, the snobby couple that couldn't have sex in front of the dog, oh, my goodness, that, <laughs> that is without a doubt. That's... I, <laughs> 
I may have I may have to go back and watch that movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. At any rate, mixed in with your Valentine's Day do's and don'ts, a little bit of sports uh, talk. We will definitely be reviewing uh, the highlights of day one of the Westminster Kennel Club show uh, tomorrow, Big Doug. I'm sure there will be plenty of highlights. Okay, okay. Now, speaking of, like, uh, like sporty events that are kind of, like, off the radar, they come up every once in a while, I want to get into one in a second. Just, just asking you, you should know this is the Daytona 500 this Sunday, Coach? Oof. I know it always pops up way too early. And every year we say the same thing. Like, how can they have one of the great races this early in the year? Nobody's into auto racing. So I want to say, no, it's too early, but I hesitate because, as I said before, the Daytona 500 pops up really, really early. I don't think it's this weekend, though. There's only two more Sundays left in February. So if if it isn't five days from now, it's 12 days from now. Just I just thought I'd throw that one out. I have to find that one out because I do have to make my plans actually watch it this year. I want to watch the whole thing. Another thing that I saw on Saturday, so I did the whole clean of the house on Saturday. I did the like the super duper winter cleaning. Yep. Well, you know, I just throw the the big TV on in the in the living room. Something called Rugby Sevens came on, Coach. So you talk about like pause the TV, go do a half hour work, go to work. These Rugby Sevens, they play a game of rugby, and the halves are only seven minutes long, and there's only seven guys on the field instead of fifteen per team. So there's there's a lot more scoring. Oh, my goodness, Coach, they're going game after game after game on this field like an international tournament. On Saturday, like, I totally fell in love with the sport. I watched eight games in three and a half hours, and every one of them was hard fought down to the last second, and it was some of the best execution of the sport. I was thoroughly amazed. Rugby Sevens, have you ever even heard about it? It's going to be an Olympic sport in 2016. I have not. It almost sounds like the indoor arena football version of rugby. Football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. But the rules are exactly the same. So it isn't like a bastardized version of football. Mm-hmm. It's a trimmed down version of rugby. You know, so it's it's definitely the rules are exactly the same, except there's eight less people on the field. This My the issue with rugby here is we jump from topic to topic, which we tend to do here in the Two Guys in a Mike show. My issue with rugby, Big Dog, is there's too many stoppages of plays for the deadly scrum, which is pretty boring. Uh, Australian rules football, big fan. Hurling, hurling. If you ever watch that sport, big yeah, fan yeah. of it. Maybe the seven-on-seven seven game is different. The rugby I watch, way too much stoppage of play with, with, with the, uh, I think they call it the scrum. Yeah. And that's not, you know, after you get through once or twice, uh, unless you have a particular man crush, it's not that not that fun to watch. So I, I struggle with rugby sometimes. Well, well, that's that's what the rest of the world struggles with football. They're like, why do you stop it on every single play and reset? Do you know what I'm saying? So people around the world, that's how they rip American football. Yeah. And I and I understand what you're saying. I'm, I, well, I will say this: after I, I watch as much rugby seven as I've watched a whole entire rugby in my entire life, there wasn't a lot of stoppages because instead of having 30 people on the field, there's 14 people on the field, so it's much more open and like. You take one cut and you cut up the field and you're flying for a for a try, which is when you touch down the ball in the end zone. So, all right, we'll check that out. Rugby's. I was. I've never heard of that sport. Not aware of that sport. Definitely. Well, uh, definitely. I will guarantee in the Olympics in 2016, coach, you're going to absolutely love it because you'll be. Oh, we're going to do pool play today, and the 32 teams that made it will uh, will play today. So there's 16 games, and like I'm not kidding you. Four hours later, you'll watch 16 games. 
and you'll know who won in pool play that day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that quick, how fast they go. I'd like to see the crossovers of sports athletes, like seven-on-seven rugby with jockeys. Well, or, I will or say this. horse racing with, you know, like football players. The whole U.S. team, the whole U.S. team is either like rugby players that have played their whole life, and the rest of them are all Division One wide receivers and safeties and, and corners okay. on the whole team. Okay. That's what the whole, that was the, the U.S. team. And by the way, there's a guy playing for Kenya, number 10. I don't know what his name is. It sounds like clicks and boo-boos. Okay, well, he should be playing weak outside linebacker for the New York Giants. He's six foot four, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, and he is the fastest human being I may have ever seen at that speed. Coach, he was erasing people with the first them. selection of the National Football League draft. <laughs> with the fourteenth pick, the Chicago Bears pick from the Congo. What was his name? Takale Bubu. Yeah. Oh, coach, outside uh, linebacker. As a seventh round draft pick, or as like a free agent, yeah, this guy he was there. He was like Benny I and Badejo running down the field, eliminating people. That's what it was. It was awesome watching this guys were just bodies flying everywhere with this dude. I love so. it. I love it. Hey, real quick before the show wraps up, David, listen your thoughts. The Grammy, where we talked early in the show about Whitney Houston and the the power and the impact that she had. Tragic, tragic death. We'll have more details to come out. I'm sure it won't be good, but uh, the Grammy Awards unto themselves sounds like there were two big winners. Uh, Adele, how do you pronounce it? Adele. Adele, Adele. yeah, she, yeah she, she won all the major awards, and she was six for six. Six nominations, bad. six wins. So she was, And then uh, she was followed by the Foo Fighters who came out. No, she was sad. actually followed by Kanye West. Eh. So I actually, actually, I take that back. He was nominations, but yeah, the Foo Fighters came in with four, okay. and um, don't have it in, in front of me. But Dave Grohl gave like the speech of the night in one of, when they won Best Rock Album. When he uh, said because he, uh, re- he re- I, I stood up and cheered when David Grohl was speaking last night. I'm getting like emotional. Your decorator was phenomenal. Because he, he was re- David Grohl, the lead singer of the Food Fighters. Thank you. He had, uh, they recorded this album in his garage. Okay. They didn't do it in the studio. And he's like, he's like, thank, you know, thanks for validating this because it, you know, just shows it's really about the music, being able to pick up a guitar and sing, not being perfect, not sounding good, not being play, you know, and he, he basically dissed every single pop act today in his speech you know not 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 directly but you know just it but it was uh oh, was he the one talking about the not using you know that music is about singing yes and the musicians and yes. not about tech technology and, yes okay yes 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 exactly yes and basically it's about being able to actually play an instrument that's being musical it yes. isn't like being pitbull and hitting us a synthesizer, and all of a sudden he's got the number one song in America. Yeah, you know, not, not using auto-tune on your songs, you know? Yeah, great point, great point. Big Dog, uh, six for six, new superstar. I'm really semi-unfamiliar with her, but you're, uh, are you a big Adele fan? Are you growing into a fan? Or? Not like the, I can't say I'm a fan of hers, but how could you not like the songs that she has? And you know that one song that she has about... Um, uh, the, I forget the name of it, Dave, but she basically saying, like, uh, I hope you have a good life. I'm just happy I was with you for a little bit. And that one, like, song of the year, wherever the heck it was. or, or Ro- the Ro- Ro- Is that Rolling in the Deep? No, it was, oh, it was her other one. one. Um, Somewhere, something like... S- someone like you. Someone like you. Okay. Well, 
but well, the, it was the role in that deep that she said it for. But she's like, she's like, I'm glad you're giving me this award now, but uh, and, and to uh, like basically give me credit for it. But when I finished writing the song that day, I knew it changed my life. Wow. I was like, wow, that was it. The way she said it, she was like, she wasn't like, oh, I'm going to try to say something cool because I'm winning an award. Mm -hmm. She went up there and she was really speaking. I was just so happy she won. I didn't, I didn't need no Lady Gaga's. I didn't need any, all that other crap. Just give me music. Just give me a song that sounds good. I don't need, you know, somebody synthesizing that she dresses cool and all of a sudden she's the best musician in the world. Mm -hmm. That's so drives me crazy. Well spoken, my friend. Well spoken. The, the uh, performances last night were unbelievably good. They, they oh, really they were. were. It opened. It opened. Uh, Bruce Springsteen opened. Uh, it was a new song, but it was a good new song. And I mean, mm -hmm. for a guy his age, he looks fantastic. That, I mean, was, uh, that song was phenomenal. It, it was just basically about we have new problems today. We got to solve them. It was mm -hmm. great. And then to close the show with an all-star jam featuring Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, Dave Grohl, Joe Walsh. Uh, I forget who else was up there, but they did they did a medley like Beatles songs. That was phenomenal. They uh, and they uh, they did like Carry the Weight and Golden Slumbers. That that uh, little thing. Uh, the, the highlight of the night for Real me. Real quick, though, we got about ten seconds. When they introduced the Beach Boys, all I said really loud to all my friends was, please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck. The Beach Boys didn't suck. They were awesome. Yeah, right? yeah, all, the, all cool. the surviving Beach Boys back mm -hmm. together again, and they're going out on tour. Is that their new name now, the surviving Beach Boys? Well, it could be because, like, most of them are dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, all the Wilson brothers are dead except for Brian. But uh... Big Dog, look at the bright side. We uh, were able to talk about the Grammys and it avoid it. Although we'll have to bring it up tomorrow and avoid a discussion of your fighting Illini basketball team. Brian Wilson is not dead, Coach, but he is undead. <laughs> All right. Tune in tomorrow for our Valentine's Day special sports and more. Big Dog and the Coach signing off. Dog, dog have a great day, okay? There it is. Two guys in a mic. TalkZone.com. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.